Good morning, NBCC. We are so excited to have you here with us this morning. If you're new here today, we want to get connected with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at NBCC, there are so many ways to get involved in serving. So go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so you can see where God's calling you and get involved. This morning, we're going to start off our service by worshiping. Please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this amazing time.
As we finish our music portion of our service this morning, our worship doesn't have to stop. We want to continue with worship by giving. We try to make that as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website. We are ready to hear what Pastor Mike has to say through his word this morning. So let's jump on in. Hey, I am so glad that you are with us once again at Missionville Christian Church. I just believe that God has something very, very special and life-changing today as we're starting a new series through the letter of Thessalonians. But before I get there, I want to just mention a couple of quick things that I got to tell you, I am real excited about what God is doing at Mission Bell Christian Church and how you can be a part of it. As you know, um, eight weeks away, we're going to be on Easter Sunday. Can you believe it? April 4th, eight weeks away, we're going to be on Easter Sunday. Now, Easter Sunday is one of the biggest Sundays of the year, obviously, because we have this incredible privilege to worship and, and to celebrate the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead and he changed us. So it's a big Sunday. I want to ask you uh, to do two things. One is I want to ask you to begin to pray now about who you might invite to MVCC. We're going to have services on our grass area outdoors, 10 a.m. But also the second thing I want to ask you to do is if you're thinking about getting baptized, this is the Sunday for you to do that on Easter Sunday. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have Baptism Sunday on Easter. It's going to be an amazing day. And if you've been thinking about getting baptized, if you've been thinking about giving your life to God, or maybe you've just kind of been putting it off, this is your moment. So you just go to the website, nbcchome.org. It'll give you some instructions about information on signing up to get baptized. We're really excited about that. Also, another thing I'm jazzed about is that um, we've been praying and planning for the interior renovation of our worship center here for Sunday morning worship. As you know, you know, when you do a remodel at home, it's exciting, you're designing, it's all fresh new look, whole new perspective, and that's what we're doing here at MVCC. The city of Mission Vale has just approved last week the final um, uh, last leg of us being able to break ground and actually do all the renovations on the inside. So we've started to do that. I appreciate everybody's patience. When I ask you just if your MVCC home is here, this is your spiritual home, I want to ask you just continue to give financially. This is what enables us to make changes around here for two reasons. We are renovating for these two reasons. We want to enhance a worship experience and focus everything on God. And when we come together as a community, it's that much better. Secondly is this, we wanted to provide a really, really uh, a new, fresh look of a place that you can bring your friends that either just need a community of faith or they're looking for God, and this is an opportunity for you to bring somebody as we renovate this place, and they'll come to know God in a very personal way. So two things I'm really excited about. Pray about it, and um, we're going to be talking more about those two things. Um, we're starting a new series. I've entitled this um, series called Ready or Not. Remember when we were kids and we played the game hide and seek, and there was one phrase that we used in there, ready or not, here I come. Um, there was a situation, um, this letter, these two letters, First and Second Thessalonians, we're going to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. The context of all that, there were a lot of questions of the people in that city about two basic things. What happens when I die? And what about Jesus coming back? Did he already come back? What about the people that already died? So there's a lot of questions that were stirring up in the church. And so Paul writes these particular letters here answering those two questions. So we're going to talk about the end times in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about Antichrist um, and how it plays out and what's going on in our world today. I'm real excited about getting there. Um, 
I have a question for all of us as we start chapter one today, First Thessalonians. Um, Super Bowl Sunday. This is it. Um, I'm rooting for the Steelers, <laughs> um, but I love to be a part. I'm sure you do. I love to be a part of a winning team. I, I gotta win. When I play something competitive, whatever it is, man, I am playing to win. That's just something, and I know a lot of you can identify with this. Um, and in the same way, I want our church to be a winning church. Now, I think in MVCC, we're doing a really good job and some, some really important things that Jesus called us to do. Let me tell you why I think MVCC is a winning team, and I love to be a part of a winning church. A winning team is someone or a group, a community of people, that sees their focus as winning others to Jesus Christ. We want to bring as many people as we can to God. And secondly, we want to help them to follow Jesus Christ in a world that is often so oppositional against faith and against God and against Christianity. So for those two reasons, we are on a winning team. Now, we want to continue to carry the ball down the field, if you will. And so what I want to talk about today is in the first chapter, um, are we on the winning team and how can we know that we're winning? Let me um, share with you just a couple of things that were going on um, in a background of this letter. I've always found that when I know the background of the author and I know the background and the occasion and the setting of a writing of a book or a letter, article, blog, whatever it is, um, it just helps me understand that much more the depth of the meaning. And so the Apostle Paul, who was just, he was just all out for Jesus Christ. I mean, God changed his life so radically that he just said, Lord, here I am after three years of studying under Christ and uh, spending time alone with God. God gave him the commission to be an apostle, sent him out to do the work of God. His one goal in life, and I love this, was to advance the gospel. Whatever I can do to advance the good news of Christ in someone else's life. And so that's what this letter is going to bring to light here. Now, the city of Thessalonica was a um, prosperous city. Um, it was uh, in a seaport village area, lots of commercial activity. Um, they were very lucrative. They were also a city who worshipped a lot of false gods and false idols. And so they were losing hope. Paul, who wrote this letter, gets a vision from God through a man in a dream that said, hey, we need you to come to Macedonia and help us. So it's just amazing. As soon as he received that vision, the Holy Spirit catapulted him to the city of Thessalonica. And in that city, he experienced an amazing thing that happened. What's, what's, what's amazing about this is he was only there for three weeks, he and his companions. And so as he's there for three weeks, he notices in their religious world, just like in Acts chapter 17, there was a city called Athens. Paul goes into the synagogue and he notices that um, in this place of worship, not only the synagogue, but other um, false gods that they were following in that city. He said, you mean you guys worship a lot of gods here, but I noticed there's one over here that is called the unknown God. C can we talk about that unknown God? Because I want to introduce you to him. Immediately their ears perked up and they began to listen to Paul and the good news of the gospel was advanced in that city. That's kind of what happened here in Thessalonica. The people were losing hope they questioned about death. They questioned about the afterlife. What happened to our you know, friends who died? Is God coming back? Is there a God? And he spends hours and even days answering questions and dialoguing. And ultimately, he was able to give them the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And so, um, so that's where we find ourselves here in chapter 1. 
And it actually says that many people believed as a result of Paul being there. Now, through this first chapter, man, I want you to be encouraged. I also want us to be learning from what the scripture is teaching us on how to be on the winning team for Jesus Christ, how to be an effective family, how to be an effective church, how to be an effective community, how to be an effective follower of Christ and the power of the gospel. The gospel changes lives. And so um, the first letter, Thessalonians, deals with Christ and his people. We're going to be spending um, some weeks on that. And then the letter of 2 Thessalonians deals with the Antichrist and the world and the future and what's going to happen. It's going to be real exciting stuff. So um, let's read chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can open. If you want to open your app or if you just want to listen along here, we're going to go chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. So I just want you to imagine the city of Thessalonica. Paul is there discussing the gospel with people who are just lost. He's there for three weeks. He's there for hours and something happens. People's lives are transformed. They are believers in Christ. And now he says, hey, I want you guys to start a church. And this is the letter he writes back to the people who he longs to be with. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, verse 1, to the church of Thessalonica in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, you are loved by God. Don't forget that. That he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And you so also became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God became known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about that. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned um, to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now, there's a lot in there. Let's just kind of dissect this a little bit. Verse 10, at the very end, I just want to make reference to that, that he writes all of the things that they're doing really well. We've heard about your church. We've heard about what's happening in the community. We've heard that you're sharing the gospel with people. Awesome. Right on. You are on the winning team. But the reason they're doing that is because they want to rescue as many people as they possibly can. What verse 10 says, for the coming wrath of God, meaning that one day we will all stand before God. We will all stand before him when we pass from this life. The question is, where are we going? When I think about everything going on in the world, so many distractions, so much pain and heartache and just a lot of tension and conflict and just consequences of, of wrong decisions and all the things that we deal with in life. The most important thing to God is our soul and where we're going. It isn't that God doesn't care about our physical life. He does. But what really matters in the scope of eternity is where we're going. 
where is our soul going to go when we die? Of course, God opened the door for all of us to get to heaven through his grace and his mercy. Jesus Christ came down to earth and he died on a cross and then he came back to life on a Sunday morning. The Father raised Jesus from the dead and that's what makes Christianity so different. That's what makes Christianity so powerful is that God came back from the dead, which means Jesus being God in flesh, everything Jesus said is true. And so when he's writing this letter, he's talking about the gospel. Now, when I think of the gospel, it's just simply the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news is God rescued us from the wrath that is to come because of our sin, because of our wrongdoing. God rescued us out of that wrath and he brought us into a place called heaven. But he's also given us new life while we're here on earth. So he's, he's really addressing two things. Paul is addressing, which I love how he does this, the vertical relationship between you and God, that Jesus reached down from heaven to rescue us, and he's just waiting for us by faith to receive Christ into our life. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you're maybe listening or watching and not sure of where you're going, you can be sure where you're going by giving your heart to the Lord. But he also says there's a horizontal line in the form of a cross. The vertical is to get us to God. Jesus brought his love through the death and resurrection. But now the horizontal relationship, we think about how many people have been placed in our lives that need to walk across the cross to get to God. You know, sadly, in Mission Viejo, in our city of Mission Viejo, just two weeks ago, there were two teenagers, two separate homes in our city teenagers under the age of 18 who uh, just tragically committed suicide. They, they, they lost hope that they, they, they thought things were so bad that they took their own lives. Again, there's nothing worse than when we lose hope. Jesus Christ came to give us hope. The cross brings hope, not only for eternity, but here on earth in relationships through others. So he gets right to it. And I think that um, verse 5, verse 8, and verses 9 through 10 are key verses of why Paul was so, so effective here in the city of Thessalonica. Again, we're talking about, you know, are we on the winning team here? I want you to be so on point. If you are a faithful follower of Jesus, I, I want you to know your purpose, and I want you to know the reason that you get up in the morning. God has an assignment for you. And when you hook up with God's assignment, life becomes exciting. Paul knew that. He said in verse 5, they were living the gospel. And verse 8 says they were talking about the good news. And they were also helping the church to become more effective in that. So let's just take a quick look here at why Paul was so effective, filled with the Holy Spirit, on, on um, sharing the gospel with others. I think the first step, I want you to think for a moment about people in your life that are just lost. People in your life that have been disconnected. Um, people in your life maybe who once knew God, but drifted away or ran away. You know, the thing that's intriguing to me is everybody has a story. We got a lot of people around us that had a God story and, and, and something happened. They either lost hope, they walked away or they ran away or something happened. The enemy snatched away their, their, their faith or whatever and, and they're losing hope. Here's what Paul did with his companions in Thessalonica. Number one, think about that person in your life. They were present. 
God called him to go to the city of Thessalonica. He was in the city. He was in with the people that were lost. He was also there with the people who believed in God, but they didn't know that Jesus was their Savior. He was there in the midst of all the problems and all the issues and all the conflict. Paul was there in the streets with the people for three weeks in that city, which leads us to the how-to. How do I apply this? What does this mean to me? I always encourage people, if you've just given your life to God, continue to be with your friends and family members who do not know God. I think what happens sometimes is we put our faith in Jesus and then we disassociate from our friends who we used to hang out with because they don't know God or they don't come to church with us. Man, one of the things that I love about Jesus, he was accused in the Gospels of being associated with tax collectors and sinners. You know what that tells me? He hung out with people that were lost. Jesus did not isolate himself. So I want to encourage you, hang out with your friends that are lost. Hang out with your friends that have no hope. Hang out with your friends when they party. Go to the Angel game. Go to the Dodger game. Go to parties with them. Invite them over to your house. Have discussions with them. Listen to what they're saying. Interact with people who are just lost. Be present with them. It's so important. We never want to engage in some of the behaviors that we used to behave in, but now we are just offering our life that's been changed, and hopefully that will spark an interest for them to know God. So that's the first thing, is that um, they were present. Second is this, Paul lived the message. Our life should match the message. That's why it's so important that we make good choices. It's important that we continue to follow God, even when sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes that we have struggles. We're pulled into an area of temptation, or we have some conflict that we pray and ask God, God, I need your help. Holy Spirit, help me to make a wise choice. Because how you live your life, people are watching. And, and the choices that you make now are huge in somebody's life. Now, now I think Paul was, was and I'm going to use a word here, that he was so effective, and this is the how-to, this is the practical part of this. He was very authentic. How do we know that? Because in the context of Paul's life in the New Testament, remember when he said in Corinthians, man, I am the chief of sinners. He told the Galatians, he told the Philippians, man, I don't have all this thing wired. I don't have this, this, this life in Christ done. I'm still working on this. And I am not who I ought to be, but I know that I'm saved by God's grace. And I think when we're with non-Christian people or unchurched people, when we try to be something that we're not, it actually repels them away from the message so I always encourage, you know, just like Jesus was absolutely so real with people. It was an attraction to the gospel. So being real means don't be afraid to share with them some of your struggles. Don't be afraid to identify with them that when you lose a loved one, and even though you are Christian and you know where they are because they followed Christ, remember to tell them, hey, I'm still sad. I still struggle with um, um um, um, the loss of losing a loved one, whatever it is in your life, I want to encourage you to be authentic and real. That's what Paul did. I think the third thing that Paul did, he was so effective, is he listened to the people he was talking to. D don't be so easy, quick to rush into giving answers without listening to what they believe. You know, I found that um, doing a lot more listening will give me a platform to then share the good news. What do you believe about God? What do you think about the church? Um, what, what, what do you think about what's going on with COVID? What do you think about what's happening in our world? What are your thoughts about this and that? Let them express their opinions. As you're listening, you're praying and asking, God, how then, which leads into number four, 
can I share the good news? How can I share my story, which is now God's story, with them in their life to offer them the hope of Jesus Christ? And it's simply sharing your life before you accepted the Lord, sharing your life accepting Christ. What happened? What were you feeling? What were the circumstances? And then then share, since you've been following Christ, what is life like? Let them know that there's hope. Even though you still have problems, there's always hope in Jesus Christ. Which leads to the last one is Paul commissioned the Thessalonian people, hey, keep following the Lord. Keep sharing the gospel and keep doing what you're doing because the word is out, man. This is a winning church. This is a church that's really healthy and effective. Keep doing what you're doing. And if there's a message out there for any of us, I just believe somebody needs to hear, keep doing what you're doing. Keep following Christ. Don't give up. Let me tell you just in closing here about a guy named Dave. Dave was so racked in addiction for so many years. He really felt the presence of the devil had a hold of his life and he couldn't stop. He got so tired of that life that he fell to his knees and gave his life to Jesus Christ, put his faith in him, believed in the cross and just told Jesus, I'm sorry for all the things that I've done all the years that I have rebelled against you. And the reason that he was able to give his life to Jesus and accept what he did, because somebody shared the good news with Dave. And Dave is living a life that's not perfect, but man, he is so full of joy, so full of confidence, and knowing that if something were to happen to him in this life, he knows where he's going. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're listening to this or watching this and think, you know what, Mike, I'm not sure where I'm going. You can be sure right now by giving your life to Jesus Christ. You just put your faith in him. Believe, receive him, and follow him. If you do know him, I want to encourage you to take these words to heart. Apostle Paul's life and how we can keep sharing the good news on that winning team that Jesus Christ calls us to be. So let me pray. Father, I just thank you that you are a God that loves us. You are for us. And I thank you for the cross and what it represents. That you saved us, God. Not only from ourselves, but from our sin. And I thank you, God, that we have the confidence of knowing that where we're going when we die. Pray, whoever's listening to this, God, just transform us, change us into the person of Jesus. And I pray this in your name. Amen. If you gave your life to Jesus Christ today, we want to encourage you to go to our website. We're always here on Sunday morning. We'd love to help you in your first steps. I look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to continue on through this lesson in 1 Thessalonians. God bless. Have an awesome week.